Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Brown Woman Health Podcast. My name is Amik, and today's episode, we're going to be talking about mental health and the stigma that's there in the South Asian community. And our guest speaker today is Poonam Rehman. So Poonam, can you introduce yourself? And thank you so much for being on our show. So thank you so much for having me. My name is Poonam Rahman, and I'm currently a rising senior at Roosevelt University in Chicago. Um, I'm pre-med and pre-law, and I'm studying uh, psychology and neuroscience. So um, mental health and psychology is a huge aspect of my life, and I consider it to be very important, as you can tell. And um, back in June 2020, I started Virtue Mental because um, I just felt like it was a much-needed initiative during the pandemic. So that's just a little bit about me. I'm kind of boring. <laughs> no, that's really cool. And I'm super curious, like pre-law and pre-med, like that intersection is like something really rare. So what exactly do you want to do with it? Yeah, so um, during the pandemic, actually, I had a lot of realizations. So I kind of realized how unfair the American healthcare system is. And as a physician, I originally, I was just pre-med. And um, I kind of realized that as a physician, you can only do so much. You can treat patients, which is a lot, but um, you can't really, you don't really have um, any authority over laws and reforming laws. So I think um, if I added a pre-law aspect to things, then I can kind of help to reform the healthcare system and also kind of um, help patients on another level. So can you tell us a little bit about Virtue Mental? Yes, of course. So Virtue Mental is an international nonprofit organization that aims to provide free mental health resources to underprivileged communities. So at the moment, we have six different support groups, which are focusing on six different minority backgrounds or minority communities. So we have a support group for the LGBTQ population, um, Latinx, um, South Asians, um, the AAPI community, and just different communities that really need our assistance and um, that also have a high level of mental health stigma as well. Something that I came across is that the mission of your organization is to provide free mental health services to underprivileged communities. Um, and so can you share a little bit about how this organization came to be and why you decided to start it? Yeah, so growing up as a South Asian American, I I was um, I kind of noticed that mental health has been always a taboo issue. Um, I think our like the elders within our community they focus a lot on taking care of your physical health, which is really important, but they kind of disregard um, the mental health of um, individuals. So um, during quarantine, I kind of decided that it would be best to right now focus on creating a mental health nonprofit because everyone's at home, everyone's kind of struggling in their own way. So that's kind of how Virtue Mental came to be. And I just recruited a bunch of my colleagues and a bunch of my friends, and we just formed an alliance to create this um, nonprofit. And slowly it kind of became international. So we have um, individuals in India, Pakistan, Canada, Italy, and all these different parts of the world that we're focusing on. So it's just really amazing that the small organization that I started from like my childhood bedroom became like this whole like global thing. So which is really amazing. That's awesome. And another question I have is, how were you able to conduct such outreach and get a global uh, group of people interested in your nonprofit as well? I think it's amazing to have a diversity of voices and hearing that you're, you're able to do that with such a global group is so amazing to hear. Um, so yeah, can you just tell a little bit about how that happened? Yeah, so um, to be honest, I'm not 
too sure how this happened either because um we just kind of said sent out like a google form for like our internship program that we were just recruiting some interns to help with um some outreach um in regards to social media outreach and creating social media content and we were just expecting like at least like 10 or 20 people to apply but we didn't expect like 100 plus people to apply from all around the world so which was like it was really overwhelming but it's very i'm very privileged to be in this situation so um, yeah, I mean, like we just kind of sent out like a Google form on like a bunch of Facebook groups and um, on Instagram, and a lot of people just had a um, very positive feedback towards our organization. And it maybe because like how unique our mission is, because there is so many mental health organizations out there, but for our organization, we we kind of focus on minority minority people and just immigrants at large. No, and I think that's so important because it's harder to get that sort of mental health access when you don't have the necessary, you know, uh, means of getting it. So I, I think it's amazing that you're doing that. And do you notice, like, I guess certain trends when it comes to different communities? Like you mentioned people from like a lot of different countries. Do you see different ways mental health is being treated with this diverse population of interns? Yeah, so I think um, a lot of people kind of just... Um, I haven't really noticed any differences, but I've noticed a lot of similarities. So I think everyone's kind of saying the same thing across the board that that like mental health is always stigmatized in their communities and they don't really they don't see a lot of representation when it comes to mental health. There's a lot there's not like a lot of individuals that identify as LGBTQ and they're also a mental health professional or there's not a lot of South Asians that go into the field of psychology and the field of mental health. So that's kind of what we've been noticing across the board. But when it comes to differences, we haven't really noticed that much of a difference. But um, yeah, so, so we just kind of try to focus on like the similarities and just try to unite people as much as possible. And like going off the fact that when I think it's amazing as a South Asian woman, you're able to start something like this. And like, you know, another cool part about this podcast is we really focus on the South Asian and specifically women demographics. So um one like i just wanted to say like thank you for the work that you're doing and like it's amazing that you're able to build this but also like what are some trends that you may have noticed specifically within the south asian population you mentioned a little bit um but is there anything else yeah so um i think some trends i've been noticing is that a lot of um south asian um, girls they're kind of like um they're kind of forced to be in an arranged marriage and there's like a lot of like, that's one of the most specific um, trends that we've been noticing because there's this like notion around marriage and you have to like, your whole life re revolves around marriage. And when we do speak about our, when we do conduct our South Asian support groups, there's somehow marriage kind of comes in. And um, we've been noticing that a lot with the South Asian um, community. And I hope that as a South Asian woman myself that, that has undergone similar challenges and similar statements by my own community, I hope that I can kind of help to um, just help these young girls out because your life doesn't revolve around one single thing. You know, you have your whole life ahead of you. So I think that's one specific trend that we've been noticing. And we've also been noticing the fact that um, that people care like a lot or kind of the South Asian community and the elders, they kind of care about how people um, depict them, I guess, and instead of actually focusing on their own personal happiness. 
So um, we, we've been noticing that a lot, like tremendously within our um, South Asian support groups. So we've been trying to, um, we've been trying new techniques to kind of eradicate that, um, these issues that are prevalent. I didn't even realize that was like a huge thing, um, yeah. but that that that's really, really interesting. And I think that's a really complex topic to tackle as well, yeah. especially being woman, um, because uh, yeah, a lot of the times, most of the time, it's very much forced. So, yeah, um, yeah I, that's amazing um, that you're looking for ways to approach it. Um, mm -hmm. are, are there any specific resources that you do recommend from what you have, um, like what, what you've been doing with your South Asian support groups as well, but any specific resources for mental health in that community or like what are some other like approaches you've taken yourself um, with the South Asian support groups that you're conducting as well? Yeah, so um, it's really good that you mentioned that because um, so originally we started off as kind of like a group therapy um, setting for the South Asian community and also the other communities. But we're also adding a um, like another component to our um, our services that we provide. So we're also trying to conduct a one on one um, teletherapy session as well. So um, if you feel best um, speaking to a therapist one on one instead of a um, a group setting where everyone's kind of listening to what you have to say. Um, we're kind of transitioning to that as well. So that's something that I would recommend. But um, if you do feel comfortable, like reaching out to, if, if you don't, like our times don't match up with your schedule, I think it would be best for you to find someone that really cares about your mental health needs and who is kind of a good fit for you. And I would, rec I would really recommend a site called um, SouthAsianTherapist.com. I'm not sure if it's .com or .org, but you can see a bunch of South Asian therapists and um, mental health professionals within your own local community that you can reach out to. No, and that's such a good resource that you recommended, um, SouthAsianTherapist.org. So are the support groups that you offer in like these group therapy and teletherapy sessions, um, are they free of cost to individuals? Yes. So all of our in our um, support groups are free of cost and um, you don't have to pay a single penny out of your pocket. But the only thing we do ask is that you're at least 18 years old or older, um, it's just because of the sensitive nature of the discussions that we have. And um, we actually send out like um, our support group information monthly um, through our newsletters. So if there is a support group that kind of interests you, then we would just ask that you just um, RSVP. So we kind of have a general headcount for whoever will be attending. That is awesome. Um, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. And I think that Thank you so much. No, yeah, no, thank you. So if you're listening to this episode, make sure to go check out Virtue Mental. And it, I believe that's your Instagram handle. It, yeah. There's also a website as well. Make sure to go check that out. Um, and thank you for being part of our podcast episode. Kunam. It was great talking to you and learning about this organization. Um, and it's an amazing resource. Thank you for tuning in uh, to our podcast and um, you can make sure to check out the Brown Woman Health Instagram if you are not following it already um, so you can interact more with our episodes. And so thank you for tuning in to the Brown Woman Health Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.